I was thinking, uh, how big is the market? Am I tackling a big enough challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and uh, but towards the end of the year, uh, I got my answer, right? That this is, this market, customer success market is going to be bigger than even marketing automation. And I'm sure. Welcome to the Career Nation Show, where you learn the strategies and tools to own and drive your career. Find out more at careertiger.com. Today, we have Shrisha Ramdas joining us. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's the CEO of StrikeDeck, which is a customer success platform company, recently acquired by Medallia, who just went IPO last week. Please welcome Shrisha. Shrisha, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Abhijit. Uh, really appreciate you having me on the show. Well, thank you for making the time, and we're going to dive right into it. So, Shrisha, you're now you know, CEO of Strike Deck, and now you're part of Medallia. Give us a little bit about your career journey so far. Yeah, so I uh, started uh, my career in engineering. I was uh, managing engineering and services at Yodley, which was a Sequoia and Axel-backed company that uh, took a long time, but eventually went public. And from there, uh, when I came out of uh, Yodley, I realized that I need to understand world outside of engineering. And so I went into sales, something that engineers normally would do, but I'm so glad that I did it. Mm-hmm. And did a couple of sales stints, and then I started uh, a marketing automation company called Leadformics. And uh, Leadformics got acquired by Calidus SAP, spent about three years there, and then started uh, Strike Deck about three and a half years ago. Wow, that's quite a journey, Shrisha. And uh, yeah, I do remember Yodley, which is like the financial aggregator uh, back in the day and powered many different um, apps and websites back in the day. And now from there, engineering to go to sales, and now to starting companies around customer success. That's a fantastic journey. And thank you for sharing that. Um, just to touch upon customer success a little bit, customer success is fast becoming one of the most critical functions for any subscription or SaaS business. And over the last four to five years or so, it's really evolved. Um, from your vantage point, how do you see customer success? How do you see the evolution, especially in the last couple of years uh, for this function? And where do you see this going? And what should be sort of the future of customer success, if you will? Right. I would say for a long time, Abhijit, uh, the entire industry was obsessed with customer acquisition. Mm. Right. So the entire focus was on the lead funnel, Right. And that's where, that was when you saw the rise of marketing automation as a category, right? And I've done a startup in marketing automation space, so I know all about it. Witnessed the rise firsthand, right? And, uh, and that was because every time there was a board meeting, the, the discussion was all around what are the new logos that you acquired, right? That came, and came through the door. That was the whole conversation, and that's why the entire focus was there, right? What has happened in, especially in last, uh, I would say five, six years, is that the conversation 
is changing. The direction is changing, right? It's now uh, more than customer acquisition. The focus is also now shifting towards uh, customer expansion, mm-hmm. right? How, um, how successful are your customers with your product or service, right? And how are they influencing uh, the, in, in other customers coming through the door, right? And I would say, you know, companies like uh, Atlassian, right? Uh, and recently Zoom have made a big difference because both these companies uh, did not spend that much in terms of marketing and sales, right? They focused on making customers use their product well, leverage their product well, right? And that resulted in a lot of customer advocacy that fueled their growth, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we see customer success now going mainstream, right? If you just uh, take a look at the landscape, there are a lot of two word phrases with the first word starting with customer. You have customer engagement, you have customer training, you have customer support, customer education, a customer satisfaction, customer experience, customer success. And you'll find that, um, you know, uh, of these words, success, is is dynamic. It sounds dynamic. It is action oriented, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of these two word phrases that I mentioned, you know, need to all they all need to come together, right? And customer success is becoming the umbrella term, right? Which is bringing all these aspects of around customer together. And that's why we see more and more companies embracing customer success as not only a practice but as a culture. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're so right about customer success being included in all parts of the company, not just as a function and becoming a culture, a philosophy of serving your customers and making sure they are successful. And you also touched upon some really interesting dimensions of this, which is all of these topics around customer engagement, customer experience, customer success, and all of these are um, basically converging and uh, we might see an evolution of this function as we go along. Um, as companies start to get into customer success, um, one of the big questions that they might have is around um, what's the ROI? And they start to measure customer engagement and customer success and customer experience. Uh, they may look at you know NPS as one of the metrics. Um, they may look at, hey, Am I expanding within my existing customer base? Or uh, I can look at my churn. Um, I can look at some of these metrics and start to figure out whether my investments in customer success are yielding uh, results or not. And of course, there is sort of the long thread of customers who will continue to get more traction because of customer success. Now, in your opinion, are there metrics out there that customers should be using um, more frequently? In other words, are there some underappreciated metrics around in customer success or just broadly around customers from your vantage point you think customers should be focusing on? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just like uh, every leader out there, uh, I also have my own favorite metrics, right? And a few of them are underappreciated for sure. The one metric that I advise all the customer success leaders 
to obsess upon is onboarding time and cost. And the reason I emphasize so much on this metrics is I feel that a well onboarded customer is already on their way to success. Okay, if you onboard a customer well, you will see a dramatic rise in the probability of the customer staying as a staying on right uh, after the renewal period, right? So uh, that's the reason why I I always say focus on customer onboarding time and cost, right? How much time it takes you to onboard the customer and to get them to the first value. Yep. Right. That's important. Super important. The second underappreciated metric that I would uh, mention is customer retention cost. Mm. What is the cost to ensure customer retention? And this is a tough metric to calculate, right? Because it's a little bit abstract in some ways. So you have to write down all the activities that you think are critical, you know, to ensure retention. Right. This could be visiting customer every quarter. I'm not advising. I'm saying if it is a, an activity that's important, right, to have yep. a quarterly touch point with a customer face to face, then that needs to be listed down and that cost needs to be attributed to the retention cost. Right. So you need to list all the activities that you think are critical and that will ensure customer retention and then measure the cost. Right. And then you uh, th- that'll help you in in couple of ways one is it'll help you to understand the cost dynamics right mm-hmm. and you can highlight that to your exec team saying you know i need the budget because i need to ensure customer retention it's easy to argue that right the the second is you will then figure out ways to optimize it further or to add activities that you're not not counting right now, but as you scale, you may need to account for, right? So those two metrics are something that I feel every customer success leader, leaders need to, every customer success leader need to focus on, right? And then the other metrics, um, some of the metrics I would mention is CLTV, um, which is a common metric, but you need to sit down and make sure you're doing calculations right to get the mm-hmm. CLTV. Um, LTV to CAC ratio is, is again, for sure. It's a popular metric out there. Um, negative churn, right? It's, it's not a metric. It's, it's in some ways a philosophy, but you know, um, that, that metric becomes critical because it means account expansion. You're focused on account expansion, right? It's not just about, uh, protecting the revenue. It's about going beyond that. Right. So those are the, some of the metrics that I would like to highlight. I love that. And uh, um, measuring it helps us to manage it and optimize it and drive business results. I, I loved all of those, uh, Shrisha, and I especially loved sort of the CAC to CLTV because then that's the real health of the business. Uh, hopefully the CAC is super low and the CLTV is super high and then um, leaders are driving a healthy business. You also mentioned time to value, which is very important for a SaaS company, especially depending on if they're early stage or late stage uh, SaaS company. Um, you touched upon a couple of topics which are interesting. One is the cost of retaining customers 
And a lot of times people equate that with sort of CSM productivity and uh, also look at, hey, like, hey, I'm the customer success leader, but I don't want to hire hundreds of CSMs. And so companies are starting to move to sort of explore more sort of tech touch versus CSM touch. And, um, and, and I'm sure uh, Strike Deck looks at it pretty closely. Can you give us a little bit of a flavor of how you are looking at digitizing some of these functions and helping drive more CSM productivity in the process, lowering the cost of retaining customers for SaaS and subscriptions? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we feel strongly about that topic, Abhijit, because, um, you know, that was how uh, Strike Deck got started, right? As I said, um, you know, I came from the marketing automation world and so did my co-founder. So we saw the rise of automation in marketing uh, space. Mm -hmm. And we, both of us, when we came out, we felt like we could apply that, the experience and expertise in, in automation in, um, in customer success, right? And we found that all the vendors, other vendors in the customer success space, they basically focus on high touch, right? It's all about getting the CSMs to engage with, with the customers, right? And it was following a cadence in terms of the touch points and, um, and noting it down, right? The, the whole customer success was around that. And we felt that that's not a scalable model, right? You just cannot throw bodies at the problem, right? You just cannot keep hiring people. Absolutely. Right, and you'll never have one-to-one -one mapping anyways, right? And so um, that's where automation should be used to uh, trigger and activate digital touch points, right? And um, also the other aspect to this is, you know, if you have to segment your customers at a high level, every mm -hmm. organization would come up with two segments. One is your premium customers, customers who are paying a lot of money, and second is uh, long tail customers, right? And your uh, CSM team will always pay more attention to premium customers. And what will end up happening every time is that they'll not have time to take a look at the long tail customers. Yep. Mm -hmm. But does it mean that the long tail customers do not deserve customer success, right? And yep. so that's where automation needs to be leveraged to deliver customer success to even to the long tail customers, right? And I would say that the true power of automation can be harnessed to provide insights to the CSM team so that they can scale faster, even doing high touch customer success and completely digitizing, almost completely digitizing the, the tech touch piece. Yeah. And, uh, and the tech touch and, and these touch points can be done in, a, in, a, in, in multiple ways. It's not just emails, it's, just, it's not just NPS, right? You can um, even automate the delivery of cupcakes when somebody goes live, right? Even there are, there are uh, organizations that will take the notification automatically and then make the delivery happen automatically. That's awesome. I love the, maybe it's al almost data driven the customer goes live, you create a new um, play for CSMs to deliver cupcakes. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, 
you know, it's uh, it can start with Salesforce notifying a platform that a new customer has been added, right? So <laughs> That's it's right. not a manual uh, notification. It's an automated notification from Salesforce saying new customer has been onboarded. And so a welcome email goes out automatically, right? Uh, the company swag goes out automatically as a welcome kit, right? And then it ends with the customer going live and cupcakes getting delivered automatically. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the whole automating of provisioning, automating of um, customer delight through def- different CSM plays. Now, Shrisha, as as you and the team were building out Strike Deck, were there any specific inflection points for your team? Any particular decisions that you remember vividly that kind of stood out for you? And those those were sort of the moments that mattered. Um, for you and the team? Yes, there were, um, the, I would say there were quite a few aha moments um, in this in this entire journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, uh, the, the, the first aha moment was when we realized that the, the pride that customer success people take in their job and in their work, right? And you know, uh, it's very difficult for folks outside of customer success category to understand this, right? But a lot of customer success leaders, CSMs feel like their role is critical to the organization's growth, right? And they are performing a growth function. It's not, it's not defensive function. It's an offensive function, right? It's absolutely about going out, making things happen with the customer, right? And they take a lot of pride, right? Um, there's also a, a feeling that the the function has not got its due recognition, right? And I think that's changing fast. But that was that was I would say I call it as a first aha moment because it was important from you know understanding the space, right? Because of that aha moment, we we started understanding the mindset of a CSM, mindset of CS leaders, right? So that was first. Second was um, was this um, you know understanding of of use cases that are required to deliver automation, right? What what you know automation is a broad term, right? Yep. So we were grappling with this challenge about what does automation mean in the space, right? How to make sure that we are tackling the right use cases. And we went out and interviewed about 1,000 CS practitioners. We were amazed by, by the different use cases we saw, right? We saw a large uh, education company that's catering uh, to delivering online courses to dentists, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, thinking about how to touch dentists on a regular basis digitally, right? How to motivate them to continue their courses, how to motivate them to visit campus and uh, get expertise uh, on this high-tech equipment, right? So, so that was, I think, the second aha movement. Third, I would say the aha movement was when we started seeing the, the validation of our product in the marketplace, right? When we saw uh, bigger companies adopting our platform, and started raving about how fast we were able to stand up environments 
and how long it took with other vendors. So that was phenomenal gratifying because, you know, for me, you know, the, the knowledge that I learned at Yodli of bringing different disparate data sources together, if you recall, mm-hmm. was, you know, about bringing different financial in- institutions information together and building that unified financial data model was a big challenge. And all the learnings from that I could apply here in creating this unified data model around customer, right? And so, so those were the, some of the exciting moments, aha moments uh, in this journey. I love that. And, and as the late Steve Jobs said, the dots will always connect. You just never know when they will connect. So it's great that you were able to leverage all that expertise and well, who knew talking to customers would actually give you insights? I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's that's phenomenal, uh, Shrisha. And you know what I love about that story is, you know, there's there's a lot of times in the in a company where you come across specific design elements or key decision points, and you're able to take them, move forward, make progress, and delight customers. That's a great story. Um, were there any crazy stories during your startup days? Uh, there were, there were uh, a few crazy stories. Um, Anything you, know, you can share? A lot, yeah, a, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, uh, issues that would come up that would, you know, give uh, any founders, any founder a sleep, sleepless, a few sleepless nights, right? So we had our share of issues as well. Um, the the thing that um, you know in the initial days I remember Abhijit I used to think how big is the market right mm-hmm. so yep. we jumped into into customer success because we felt it was logical right we we were automating the front end of the customer funnel and now let's go and you know uh, automate the latter half of the customer funnel so it was natural but then you know first three months you know, meeting industry folks, investors, I was thinking, uh, how big is the market? Am I tackling a big enough challenge, right? Yep. And, and uh, but towards the end of the year, uh, I got my answer, right? That this is, this market, customer success market is going to be bigger than even marketing automation. And I'm sure like a lot of people will say, what, you know, marketing automation is so big. How can you say customer success is bigger? But I'm telling you, you know, if you take into account, as I said, all the two word phrases that starts with customer, then calculate the TAM, that's what I'm talking about, right? So there there was that. And then, um, you know, um, again, uh, you know, few few anxious moment as we were considering, should we go and raise raise a round or think about acquisition? So there were, uh, you know, uh, there was a decision to be made, but uh, so happy that it all came together and uh, worked out so well. Absolutely. And That's great. And a chance to to define this market. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure um, you and the team went through a lot of exciting times, perhaps more um, in some ways, like a roller coaster, and that's the thrill and excitement of being in a startup. And it's great to hear that you you're able to overcome that. Now you're uh, part of Medallia, and really, uh, quite frankly, after last week's IPO, you guys are a major success story, not only here in Silicon Valley but also on Wall Street now. 
Uh, and that's, that's fantastic. So congratulations to you and the entire team. Thank you. Yeah. And so we would love to shift gears a little bit and get into what we call as favorites. So this is the part of the game where we start to get to know you a little bit more personally, Shrisha. Sure. So, yeah. So there'll be some rapid fire questions. So uh, you'll have to tell us why are these things your favorite things? Uh, so what those are and why are these things your favorites? Okay. So the first one is about your favorite app. So right now it has got to be Uber because I'm spending a lot of time on the road, right? And Uber always comes to my rescue. <laughs> uh, but apart from Uber, it, uh, you know, it is Slack uh, because mm-hmm. then I'm able to collaborate with all my colleagues and uh, I know what's going on. So Slack is, would be the other one that I would call out. Awesome. Yeah, great apps. And uh, let's talk about your favorite book. You have a favorite book, Shrisha. Yeah, so um, big fan of two books, actually. One is uh, uh, Reid Hoffman, uh, the LinkedIn founder, um, Blitzscaling. Uh, that, that's one of my favorite books. And I've, you know, again, you know, I've been thinking about scale with Strike Deck. So, so I uh, loved Reid sharing his experience right? And other Valley stories there. The second book uh, that I would say the, the, it's not about the writing style, but the content is uh, the sales acceleration uh, by Mark Robridge, who was the chief revenue officer of HubSpot. And Abhijit, I, I point this book as a favorite because I've read a lot of sales books, right? As a CEO, I had to be selling all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Mark uh, came from Harvard and this was his first job, sales job, which was a CRO, right? And he was able to effectively scale HubSpot, as we all know. And he shared what worked, what did not. He's even shared email templates that they used, right? So, they get down to nitty gritty details in the book that I loved. Wow. I love that. And going from strategy to execution, covering the whole breadth. I love that. I'm going to check out that book. And of course, I love uh, Reed Hoffman's Blood Scaling as well. In fact, I think there's a podcast out there, yes. um, which is similar. Masters of scale. There you go. Masters of Scale. That's right. I'm a big fan of Reed Hoffman. Indeed. Um, let's talk about uh, the next favorite, uh, how about a favorite quote? Yeah, so my current favorite quote, and this will be no surprise, I'm sure, like just like um, before the, the, there was a quote called, everybody's in sales. Everybody in the organization is in sales, right? Yes. So my, my favorite quote right now is, everybody is in customer success, <laughs> right? So every functional area should be, uh, focusing on how to make customers successful and the organization growth will be taken care of. I love that. And I think, I think we should attribute that quote to you, Shrisha. Everybody is in customer success. I love it. And that is true because as companies look at uh, subscription models and build SaaS applications, all parts of the company have to be invested in customer success. 
And that's the way to drive the flywheel and make the flywheel work, which contributes to their own business. Totally, totally agree. Good. Um, Well, the last favorite is your favorite restaurant. So I'm going to get a little bit cheesy on this one. It's it's Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) And uh, my kids always insist that every birthday should be celebrated in Cheesecake Factory. And uh, those are the only occasions where I I um, succumb to the temptation, right? And order a dessert, so. <laughs> awesome. Yep, great. That's a great place too. Um, and, and so as we, as we know you a little bit better, uh, Shrisha, and we went through your favorites, um, why don't we talk a little bit about your career journey and would love to know about your sort of strategy, techniques, that you've used in the past so many years, um, what's sort of the Shrisha secret sauce? Like, for example, do you have like a morning routine? Is there, is there a particular way you prep for, let's say a big customer meeting or internal meetings, or is there a particular approach that you have towards team building? So share with us a little bit of the Shrisha secret sauce. <laughs> so I think, um, uh, you know, I think one thing that has served me well over the years, Abhijit, is I'm a firm believer that one learns more from people than a browser. Okay, so that's why I rarely decline a meeting. I do not go to any meeting with any agenda. I just go and meet people. And I've seen that that uh, every meeting you know, meeting with anybody, you always get to learn something. There's some insight that you can glean from the meeting. And so that has served me well, uh, both from learning perspective and networking perspective, right? Um, and the, the, you know, over the years, I would say, I've gotten better in, in planning. Uh, I was never a, a good planner to start with, just go with the flow. But uh, it has changed. So now I spent some time on my calendar the previous night, mm-hmm. right? Visualizing uh, how approach the entire day, right? What are the what, what are those spots in my calendar where I can reflect upon, right? And because you are running from one meeting to another, there's no Indeed. no time to digest what happened in the previous meeting. So now I try to find the spots where I'll write down those notes. Uh, from the meeting, at least those highlights that'll help me remember that meeting later, right? So those are some of the couple of tips. And then I would say the third one is uh, I never um, think about the outcome. You know, outcome will happen if you work hard. So that's something I've always believed right from the start of my career. And I feel like that has helped me a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think a lot of the things that you said are also a little bit counterintuitive, which is, for example, taking meetings so that you meet people and learning more from people than from a browser um, in a sort of a more digitized device dependent world. That's almost counterintuitive to do that. So that's that's phenomenal that you you are able to do that and that's that's I agree that's a great learning advice. I think the other thing that I really um, uh, was interesting to me was planning and 
being in startup and being a planner could be an oxymoron in some respects. <laughs> and uh, I also loved your topic about let's not worry about the outcome. It will come. And let's worry about putting in the effort, putting in the, in the sweat equity and the outcomes will appear. And are, are there, just to follow on on those topics, are there sort of techniques where you are, um, let's say, you're, you're meeting customers and is there a particular approach that you have of understanding, let's say a customer market segment or a particular customer? Um, is there something that you like uh, research in terms of customers? W what's your sort of um, approach to learning more about customers? Do you do a lot of homework or do you actually sit down with customers and learn more about them? What's your sort of approach to learning more about customers so that you can serve them better? Right. I do research a little bit, don't research a whole bit, but uh, I spent some time on LinkedIn understanding their background, right? Mm -hmm. Where do they come from? Um, and any other sources where I can understand more about them. But I would say not more than 15 minutes at the most. Um, and then uh, when I meet with a customer, I, um, I show a lot of empathy um, in the beginning, right? Because it's yeah. important to empathize with people, make them comfortable. Um, only when you make them comfortable, they will share, right? What's there, right? Uh, so just to get them to feel comfortable in sharing insights, details, right? And once we get through that meeting, based on that, I am able to visualize what they actually mean, right? it's easier for me to put myself in their shoes and then visualize. Uh, I think that's one of my strengths is, is ability to put myself in other person's shoes and, and visualize. And in order to get to that stage, it's important that I, I understand um, all the details. And so empathize in the first, uh, in the initial stages, and then basically keep your mouth shut, right? Let them talk and you just get into the, into the listen mode. I love that. And I love, I love the comment about doing the research and making sure you're empathizing with the customer. And Shrisha, that is so important because it's not just the IQ in the tech world that drives good customer relationships, but it's also the EQ so that you understand the customers. And uh, I, I just love that. And so thank you for calling that out. That's an important trait, especially for people that are in tech. Um, let me ask you one follow-up question on that. So if that was sort of customer-facing, um, do you have any advice around sort of internal, which is sort of building the right culture, managing teams, uh, creating leadership within the company? What, what, are, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the culture of a company depends on the leader uh, a lot, right? A leader has to be on the forefront talking about how important are customers to them, right? How important it is to cultivate relationships and how important it is to make sure that the relationship are not based on short-term values, but they, they are about long-term relationships, right? And this needs to come from the leader. The leader needs to set the tone, need to set the, the direction. And uh, the leaders who have been able to do this have found phenomenal success. Um, 
I uh, have seen how Eric Wan, the Zoom CEO, has gone about that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, he shared with me how when he came out of um, Cisco, he focused on building a great product first, right? A product that delivers the service to the customers. And he set the tone right there, right? In saying, you know, just hear about the customer. Don't be obsessed about sales right now. And that set the tone and the entire organization came together and they're, they're, um, they've been doing great work delivering innovative products to the market. Yeah, absolutely. I think setting the right tone, creating the right values in the company and showing the right path is so important. And then the whole company can rally around that vision and those set of values. Um, totally agree, Shrisha. Shrisha, it's been fantastic chatting with you. Um, and as we wrap up here, any um, advice to Career Nation in terms of um, what should they be thinking about? What should they be doing? Maybe they're early in career, in the middle of their career, towards late career. Anything, any advice that you would like to um, uh, give to them as we part here? Yeah, so uh, one key thing that I would love your, um, your audience to, to take from the show, Abhijit, is uh, so far customer experience career and customer success career have been viewed separate, right? And customer experience has all been, um, has all been outside in, right? The customer data coming in, right? And customer success has been inside out, right? Which is the contractual data, the usage data that representing, you know, what customers are feeling, mm -hmm. right? And I think now um, at Medallia, we are bringing it all together and so, We'll see, uh, you know, uh, we'll see new career taking shape here, right? That uh, brings these two disciplines together. So that's my key thing: is that CX and CS coming together. That's a new paradigm, and so it will result in um, in uh, new processes, new way of uh, data representation. So people need to start thinking about those aspects. Totally agree. And what a phenomenal way to end the end this episode. Brand new opportunities opening up at the intersection of customer experience and customer success. Likely those functions are converging and it will create massive new career opportunities. Shrisha, it's been so wonderful chatting with you and we've received so many phenomenal nuggets, insights, Thank you for your guidance and thank you again for making time. Thank, thank you. you. It's a pleasure.